Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. And the basketball season is upon us. It's a new era. It's a new day. A new whatever you want to call it. In case you've been living under a rock, Jim Beheim's out and Adrian Autry is in. Beheim, quote unquote, retired, forced out. Not really sure the actual answer is, but in March of last year, he had a cryptic press conference after the loss against Wake Forest, and a few hours later, Adrian Autry is the coach. So, not really sure totally what happened, if he was told to step down, or he actually said he wanted to step down. Doesn't matter. It's a new day. And Autry is set to make his debut Monday night, November 6th, against New Hampshire. And Autry hit the ground running. He got in the transfer portal, and he got J.J. Starling, the combo guard on a Notre Dame that wanted to transfer because Mike Bray, the coach... And Notre Dame was retiring. Starling is a local guy from Baldensville, right down the road from Syracuse. He was recruited by Autry before. He said once Autry took the job, it was an easy decision. Boom. Splash right off the bat. Then he hired Brendan Strawn, a guy who's well-connected in the high school circuit. He's one of the coaches now, an assistant coach. GMAC moves up. So things have changed. Uh, some of Beheim's, I wouldn't say Beheim's guys, but not everyone came back from the team last year. Uh, two main guys that didn't come back, Joseph Girard decides to go to Clemson, which will be very interesting February 10th when he plays Syracuse in the Dome. And Jesse Edwards decides to go to West Virginia, play there. So those guys are out. The team has a different look, a different feel. Uh, I think... More importantly, instead of hitting the transfer portal, Autry convinced pretty much the whole freshman class from last year, plus Benny Williams, to come back. Um, it was very touch and go there for a little bit. You know, will Williams come back? Will Chris Bell come back? They got pulled a lot last year during the season with Bayheim, seeing that it was friction. You know, Chris Bell doesn't rebound enough. I always said he was a guard when he did get in the game and he got hot. Look out. Benny Williams showed at signs last year that he is a real player. At points, I think now in this season, he really looks like he's poised to have a great season as long as he can, he can keep his nose clean. I don't know what happened. He was suspended in the last exhibition game for breaking team rules. I'm hoping he just overslept his alarm and was nothing big because I think this is the time for him to shine. It's okay that his freshman year, he didn't do that much. And last year, he just got a little bit better. Now he's ready to get to be in that role, to be one of the guys that they look to to get a bucket. I'm looking forward to that for Benny because it, it's good to see someone grow like that, right? Um, among the other transfers, Syracuse got Chance Westerly from, from Auburn. Same thing. He's had injuries. He's, he's injured right now. Naheem McLeod, he played Florida State last year. Uh, he had his best game actually against Syracuse almost all in the first half. Uh, so those are kind of the main guys. You know, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of the guys came back from last year. Malik Brown's another guy that's coming back. You know, the guy who just likes to rebound around the basket. And I've seen some videos of him looking like he's developed and more of an outside shot. The coaches have mentioned his conditioning's great. Justin Taylor, the, the sharpshooter from the outside. Peter Carey, you might not remember him. He played very sparingly last year because he had an injury, a medical redshirt. So he's back and he's a big man. The team is athletic. And one of the guys I think that is going to be very impactful this year is Kadir Copeland. Copeland, uh, last year when he was in the game, I thought he was impactful all the time. And when he wasn't in the game, he was cheering his team on. And, 
you know, looking at some of the videos on, online, he's a big-time jokester. He seems like he's a happy-go-lucky kid. But don't let that smile and those jokes deceive you. I think that kid's a real killer when he gets in the game, and now you're going to have more of a chance this season. I don't think he's going to be a starter, but he might be the first guy off the bench because he can play multiple positions. He doesn't mind getting himself under the basket. He doesn't mind getting dirty, diving on the floor. He plays defense. His shot has improved from what people say. And I think he is maybe... The third, it's hard to say. I don't want to rank people because they're all important on the team, right, when they're playing. I just think that he's the type of guy that can come in and really impact impact the game. We know that Mintz is going to be impactful in the game. We know Starling's going to be good. Uh, Benny Williams, I think, is going to be good. Chris Bell, I think, is going to be good. I think, you know, to me, it's exciting. But overall, Syracuse is not getting a lot of, I want to say, national press or respect. Uh they shouldn't. They haven't been good in the last few years. They're picked 10th in the ACC. I think that's kind of a crazy pick, but that's okay to be disrespected. Juno Mintz is picked to be second team for uh, ACC honors, and I kind of like Syracuse being disrespected. Mintz is the type of kid, from what I can see, he uses disrespect as fuel, and I want him to be disrespected like crazy, so he destroys people. Um he was really getting it at the end of the year last year. And from what I've seen after dipping his toe in the NBA combine waters, he's improved his outside shot, which was kind of a, you know, a knock on him last year. If he can knock down a three-pointer with 40%, then he's going to be really hard to guard because in the open floor, he's tough. He's athletic. He doesn't mind getting hit when he goes to the basket. And that's dangerous. And he's disrespected. Watch out for Drew Demands. But... Syracuse is going to be tested pretty early in this season. You know, I, I mentioned the first game is against New Hampshire, then play Canisius. The third game is against against Colgate. And Colgate has beaten Syracuse last few years and not just beaten them, beaten them handily. And that's going to be the first test. Can Syracuse beat Colgate? And that's hard for me to say, <laughs> but it's true. You know, they're, they're the first test, right? And after that, Syracuse has a really tough non-conference, tougher than it's been in a long time. Syracuse takes on Tennessee in the Maui Invitational. And if they win that game, they would play the winner of Purdue and Gonzaga. And again, if you don't follow those other teams, I know Purdue had a really disappointed season last year, losing in the first round to Philly Dickinson. Uh, Gonzaga got smoked by, by UConn, but Gonzaga's been you know, a national brand in the last few years. On the other side of the bracket, you got big-time champions, Kansas and UCLA and Marquette. Uh, all teams that are in the running all the time. Chaminade is the local team that plays there, and they're usually just there for one game. But it doesn't matter. Even if Syracuse loses in their first game to Tennessee, they could still have a tough opponent in the second game or the third game. They're guaranteed three games there no matter what. And it'll be a great test early on, right? Um, you know, you want to get national attention, you want to be respected, win a couple games in that tournament. After that, it's not like it really gets that much easier. Syracuse takes on LSU in the SEC ACC Challenge. Then they take on Virginia. That's a conference game, kind of a conference game sandwich in the middle of all these non-conferences. Cornell and at Georgetown, which I'm hoping to go to because I live down in the D.C. area now. And then they play uh, Oregon on a neutral floor in Sioux Falls at the Pentagon, another place I've been. It's a pretty cool place, actually, in uh, December 17th. And then they round out the... Non-conference against Niagara. I'm not going to go through the whole schedule because there's tons of games. But as I mentioned before, if you circle on your calendar, February 10th at the Dome, Syracuse plays Clemson. Joe Girard returns. 
Syracuse plays uh, Duke on the road right after New Year. So happy New Year. You're going to get a test in the new year right away. Boom. Play North Carolina home and home. Um, and those are the kind of opportunities that Syracuse needs to win. I mean, playing Duke on the road in Cameron hasn't happened that much. They've won a few games, though, and might as well start winning it this year. Uh, you're going to have to win some of these games in non-conference and in your in-conference against these teams that you haven't beaten before. Virginia owns Syracuse. Duke's been owning Syracuse. Same as North Carolina. Been owning. you got to get a win, you know, maybe two wins there. Uh, you start losing on those games, well, not those games, but if you lose to some teams that maybe you shouldn't or your non-conference is tough, you know, coming out of the non-conference, like you have a tough schedule, then you have to win these games in the ACC. And, yeah, it's not going to be an easy season for many reasons. But I think that this team has athletic ability. Uh, they have speed. I think looking to, I don't know, make his own mark, but, you know, he's got his own style. And watching some of the videos from Syracuse Online, you know, even Bayheim said it's like he's going to have to be his own coach and listen to his own voice. Uh, that's He's talking about Autry in that sense. And I think that's completely true. Yeah, you can implement some things that Bayheim had taught you, like the zone defense once in a while, but don't be afraid to mix it up. Don't be afraid to play the best players, not always the best, you know, big man or, or best forward. Play who's playing the best all at once. And I think, you know, Watching Autry as a player in the 90s, you know, he's this tough guy in New York City, Harlem. Um, he still kind of has a New York draw. And if you know anything about New York basketball or you know anything about people from New York, you know, in general, they're tough people. And this guy's grinded for a long time. I mean, he's in his 50s and he's getting his first head coaching opportunity. He's been an assistant coach at all different levels. He's coached in high school. He's been in college and he's been a big time recruiter for Syracuse for a while. So it's his time and his chance right now. Might as well make a splash in your first season. And I think having a new coach and a team that just plays differently than the teams that have in the last few years will be refreshing. And what this fan base is craving is something new. So give them something new. Win some games you're not supposed to. Uh, win a couple games in the ACC tournament. Make the NCAA tournament. I know that's really not enough, mostly for Syracuse fans, but for me... Those three things, if, if Syracuse can get some wins, whether it's in the non-conference against Tennessee or whoever else they have, that to play in Malmutational or Oregon or LSU <laughs> or, you know, beat Duke on January 2nd, beat North Carolina, beat Virginia, win some games you've not won and people will start believing again and make the NCAA tournament. I know that's not usually enough for Syracuse fans, but for me it is to make the NCAA tournament because... If Syracuse is in the dance, I always feel like they have a chance. That's just my crazy optimism for Syracuse basketball, being a fan for a million years. And that's how most Syracuse fans are. When they make the tournament, feel like they have a chance. And I think that's what you need to do. Okay, that's all for tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Um, of course, you can hit me on all the different platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, on different audio platforms, all of them pretty much. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify. Amazon, I'm there. And I'll be with you the whole season, bring you previews. You might have noticed I do other things. I do do other things. I talk about other teams. I do edits. I talk about NBA. Um, my nephew's a D1 prospect. He might be on my show once in a while. So it's the Dome Dog podcast has expanded to be more like Dome Dog Productions where I have multiple things going on, whether it's edits, whether it's just video, whether it's audio only. 
So check me out. The season starts tomorrow. Thanks for joining me.